0: It's Thursday at eleven AM and you're listening to the Eagles Nest on Weagle ninety one point one FM, talking all things sports with a special focus on our Auburn Tigers here on the plains. If you want to be a part of today's action, feel free to tweet at us at Daniel J. Lock or the Griggs Beat. Let's get into the action. Better late than never. Good morning and welcome into the Eagles Nest here on Weagle ninety one point one FM. I'm Daniel Lock alongside me today, and as always, it's Griggs Blankenberg. We apologize, we had some technical issues getting off the ground this morning but everything is good now and this actually works in our favor since we didn't have much to talk about for this first 15 minutes anyway so Griggs how are you
1: doing good doing good long long day for us a long weekend for all of Auburn Journal we'll get to more of that later on in the show but yeah excited we're back again once again once again I guess we'll just start off, like Daniel said, we usually start off the show talking about Auburn basketball. We'll talk about that in the second segment with more time. So let's just go ahead and get right into the men's college basketball. We can start off with some matchups that are going on this Saturday. So Saturday is the big day in college basketball this week. Uh, We'll go to the Auburn one later, talk about that in the next segment. We got West Virginia at Texas. West Virginia just knocked off Iowa State, so... That's going to be a pretty interesting matchup. It's on the road. Texas has been one of the best teams in the nation this year, but West Virginia is getting hot at the right time.
0: They are. Uh, That was obviously a tough game for Auburn. And, you know, the Big 12, this is one of the most diverse years in the Big 12 we've seen in a while. Yeah. I feel like for the past five years or so, it's just been Kansas. Oklahoma will have a good season every now and again. You forgot
1: a national champion in there
0: Baylor. That's right. (laughs) Duh. Um, Yeah, but. Just mainly those three is what it's been for the past 15 years. So, now it, it's anyone's game. Like, TCU's good. Um, Kansas State's good. Uh, Kansas State even beat Kansas, I believe.
1: Um, I think they
0: did. Yeah. So, just a lot of stuff is just going on in the Big 12, and it's pretty interesting to see. I'm looking forward to kind of seeing how it all shakes out. But it's a big weekend here in the SEC as well.
1: It is. We'll keep going down the list a little bit more on top twenty-five. Um, look for some problem match. We already say you're talking about the Big Twelve. We got Kansas versus Oklahoma. Oklahoma, it's n- not played well at all this year in conference play. They're two and nine. So Kansas, kind of maybe kind of a rebound after losing the other night to I think who did they lose to the, the other day? I know they lost to um, they lost to Iowa State last weekend. And then, yeah, so they beat Texas the other night, which is a huge win for that Jayhawks program, beating Texas. Yeah, it is. Um, I think this could be an interesting matchup. Uh, Indiana at Michigan. Michigan's played m- much better at home than they have away, but the Hoosiers
0: are getting hot right now. The Hoosiers are getting hot right now. I believe they've won six or seven in a row. Um, hold on, let me find it. There, there's Whenever you're looking trying to find a specific yeah. college basketball game, it's tough. Yeah, so 5 o'clock on ESPN. Um, Okay, Indiana has won four of their last five. I forgot they dropped one to Maryland, um, a midweek game last week, 66-55 on the road. Winning on the road, (coughs) excuse me, anywhere in college basketball is tough, particularly in the Big Ten. They have some of the best environments, so I'm not overly shocked they lost that. But if you look at Michigan, Mm -hmm. their last five, they lost to Purdue 75-70. They lost to Penn State 83-61. That's not a good loss, but Indiana also is an ugly loss to Penn State, so it doesn't matter. They beat up on a Northwestern team on the road, just kind of eh. They beat Ohio State at home 77-69. And then they have recently pummeled Nebraska, uh, last night actually, 93-72. So both these teams are kind of, I feel like, playing at a similar level Um Obviously, Indiana's got a better record, mm-hmm. but they have the same conference record. So two teams that I do feel like can make a push in the Big Ten. Um, obviously, Michigan has more work to do than Indiana. But if Indiana wins this, I really like their chances in the of getting a good seed in the Big Ten tournament.
1: Yeah, it's all really coming down to it now since we're near the end. I think there's less than a month less of regular season action. Um, other stuff, this is the game where I was thinking pot- could potentially take game day away from Auburn. It is number 14, Baylor, at number 17, TCU. When we're talking about seeing this one, could have monumental impacts on the Big 12, especially with Kansas dropping some games as of late. Yeah, I agree. Um, other ones we have, we have UConn at Creighton. UConn, the other night, dropped one to, uh, what was that name? They dropped one the other night. I can't remember who it was. Oh, wait, no. They've gotten hot right now. I'm thinking of the women's team lost last night. That's what I was seeing. Mm. Yes, but they play. They beat number 10 Marquette the other day, and now they are facing uh, number 23 Creighton, who started off pretty hot in the year, then kind of hit a lull, and now they're back into it with a 10-3 and record in the Big East. Yeah. And then Duke versus Virginia. Usually this is a better match than it is with Duke being ranked pretty high, but this one's at John Paul Jones Arena. In Charlottesville, Virginia is looking as one of the favorites in the ACC right now. Duke's kind of hanging around around that bubble-ish area. I think they're winning the Champions— Wait, no, they lost to Kansas in the Champions Classic. So Duke might need to start uh, showing what they're made of if they're not going to get into the next round of the tournament. Yeah. Especially past that first weekend. Um, we got time for maybe one more game. Let's go to the all schedule, see if we can find any diamonds in the rough. Hmm.
0: Where? Let's let's see. Okay, here's one. Or two. Let's hear Real quick. Both these, ESPN and ESPN2, respectively, both at 3 p.m. Central time. Duke at number 8, Virginia. I just said that one like two seconds ago. I'm really sorry. (laughs) No, you're good. Did you say... Baylor, TCU? I did say that. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I was
1: looking at the non-ranked games I was looking at. Um, Sorry,
0: I got caught up looking at my assignments for today. It's going to be a busy day. I'm sorry. You're good. It's a busy day for me, too. Um, Um, Did you see Missouri at Tennessee?
1: I did not see that one. That's a big uh, one. Tennessee, I think, will win that, but they need a bounce back after that. you see the end of that game last night? I did. Yeah, they need a bounce back bad after that one. And, yeah, I think that's all we're going to talk about for college basketball today, but don't worry. When we come back, we're diving into Auburn basketball what is going on right now in the Tigers' programs? Is there a cause for concern? We're about to tell you. You're listening to The Eagle's Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM.
0: And welcome back into The Eagle's Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I am Daniel Locke. Alongside me is Greg Blankenberg. We kicked things off this morning with an overview of this coming weekend in college basketball. Now this, this next 15 minutes or so isn't going to be a lot of fun. If you listen to one of our episodes in the show in early November – Griggs and I spent 15 minutes while uh, we turned the lights down and we kind of just had a heart-to-heart with the Auburn football program. This is going to have a similar tone to it.
1: Yeah, I don't think is the on the same level as that per se, but as some of our friends across the pond would say, it's not looking good, bruv.
0: No, it's really not. And um, there's a very real possibility where Auburn is playing in the NIT which uh if you believe it or not, when I was six, I thought that was the big deal. Like, a, I thought it was the as big
1: as a deal. As a Wake fan, I've been there I've been in there a few times. But yeah, looking down the schedule, okay, we'll just real quick what we what happened. Um AM defeated the Auburn Tigers on uh Tuesday after uh Tuesday night eighty three to seventy-eight. Auburn was outscored uh 42 in the second half and outscored in the first half 37-36. 36. Leading scorer in this game was Wade Taylor the fourth of Texas A&M. Leading rebounder was for the Auburn Tigers, Denai Broom, with 10. And the leading assist man was Wade Taylor the fourth again, for A&M.
0: Yeah, and at least Bruce Pearl's adjustments worked in this game. Um, it was kind of nice to see them be willing to adjust a little bit, since I really like that Wendell and Trey Donaldson pair. Yeah,
1: yeah and... They're starting to make those adjustments that they kind of need. It's just the thing is right now, I think we can agree, there is not a definite shooter on that court right now for them. There's not. There's not really someone I think that you can rely on per se to hit that big shot.
0: No, I mean, so for me, my answer to this question is Jalen. If it's coming down to a buzzer-beater three-pointer, who do you want taking it?
1: Probably Jalen right yeah. now. Jalen,
0: maybe Wendell? Maybe. Well,
1: Wendell's got to be hot to do that. If True. It's kind of like I was thinking of a podcast. If he shoots one, you better hope and he makes it you better hope he makes the next couple ones because then it's gonna he's gonna be taking a lot of them. Yeah. But yeah, we'll le- go on from that A&M game. It was not good. Um so we'll talk about Saturday and upcoming one, but what Daniel was kinda saying, like they need to be a little worried. I think they're what, they were seventh or eighth in the new bracketology?
0: Yeah. Let me see. Seventh in the latest I saw and how does playing in Birmingham, which I means would be kinda clutch. Uh, they have us
1: as the 8th seed right now playing North Carolina and Birmingham. We would play the winner of Houston or Ryder in this pr- um, prediction. Um, Houston, <laughs> Houston, I think, is still one of the best teams in basketball. But yes. <laughs> the thing is, here's the deal. Auburn is 17-7 and right now. They are fourth in the SEC. They have seven games remaining in the regular season. Three of them are against ranked opponents. Two of them, or one of them, is on the road. You have Alabama this Saturday. You're at home versus Missouri at Vanderbilt, who just beat Tennessee, At home versus Ole Miss, at Kentucky, at Alabama, and then at home, Tennessee. You cannot go two wins here. You cannot – it just won't happen. You cannot win two games and expect to be good, be safe on Selection Sunday. No. I mean, granted, there's always a thing. You could run the table in the SEC tournament and make the tournament off that. There's that. But to be a legitimate team, you need to get off of that 8-9 bubble into – Five or six, with a week or two weeks before March Madness. I'd say to be safe. Would you agree with that?
0: I would agree with that. Um, just y- you've definitely got to find a way to just power out the stretch, have a winning record down the stretch, and like you said, have a decent run in Nashville.
1: I mean, both me and you are just really just talking ball here. We're yeah. We're having a heart-to-heart. We're just being realistic. We we always pride ourselves on being unbiased, in a sense, to some stuff.
0: Yeah, to an extent. I mean, obviously, we're both Auburn students, so...
1: Mainly our pro teams were yeah. biased a little bit towards that, oh, but sure. college, not as much. But Yeah, like
0: I feel like us, compared to all of our peers, you and I have a pretty good ability to be impartial about Auburn mm-hmm. sports and kind of tell how it is. Yeah. Our peers who are listening know who we're talking to.
1: And how it is is you can't just expect to go Missouri, Vanderbilt, Ole Miss, just hoping those are three wins.
0: Yeah, I...
1: Especially at Vanderbilt now they beat that. And then Missouri has been an interesting team this year. I mean, they beat Kentucky, they, um, they beat some uh, they beat Arkansas at home. You have them at you, you do have them at home. that is the thing though. But my concern is if you lose those last three games going into the into the SEC tournament with Kentucky, Bama, and Tennessee, you can't be a first-round exit in the SEC tournament like you did last year. No, it that, that just cannot happen, especially with how this team is made right now. You cannot go into bracketology, leave it up to the hands of the people deciding it, and then be sitting on your couch on Sunday wondering what's going to happen. Are we having another home game?
0: Right. Or are we? Um, March. You don't want to play at home in March.
1: You didn't. You do not. You did not. After after the Tennessee game, you do not want to have another home game. No. But that's the thing, though. It's just. Those non-conference wins, I think, are going to go a long way for Auburn's help. Like, St. Louis, I think, will go a long way. Northwestern's getting a little bit better. Um, Florida just beat, um, and for the first SEC game, they just, or they lost to Alabama last night, right?
0: They did. yeah, Badly.
1: I think winning Saturday can go a long way. It can. I think it's, I like our chances at home better against, I don't know how to say this, because We'll go into the Aub- Auburn-Alabama game now. So that's this Saturday, 1 p.m. on ESPN. College Game Day has that game as well, so that'll be 10 a.m. Central Time on ESPN with the guys at the table. table. Uh, Alabama is the favorite in this one with the matchup predictor of 65.2%. I don't see a line here for this one yet, but the big discrepancy I can see in this one, matchup is the points scored per game. Mm-hmm. It is Alabama at 83.7 points a game, Auburn 27.3%. However, Auburn's defense is better, according to this, with a 64.6 points allowed to Alabama's 68.7. Basically what I'm saying is if you get into uh, a shooting battle with Alabama, you will lose. Yes. You will lose on Saturday.
0: Yeah. Especially, I'm, like, I'm, if Alabama's threes aren't falling, that's probably Auburn's best shot.
1: If Zeb Jasper is going to have his work cut out for him this week. He will. And I, he should be playing a lot in this game. Because like we've said before in the past, on last year and this year, his contribution to the team may not show up on the score sheet, but he shows up on the court with his defense. Mm-hmm. You you need a Genai Broome game. I don't I don't know what else to say. Like with Wendell right now, just he's our leading scorer, thirteen point nine. Brandon Mill is theirs with nineteen points a game. But you got to be consistent. The thing that bugs me with Auburn's offense right now is I'll see them with like eighteen seconds on the shot clock, shoot a three. Yeah, We are not a good three-point shooting team. I'm sorry. If people are just now finding that out, then I don't think they've been paying attention to this team this year.
0: No, um, it would definitely appear not. But I just I feel like this Bruce Pearl offense, for it to work, like, like you would want it to work, you need three shooters. And this team just doesn't have that. So you've got to adjust.
1: You have to adjust. And especially with this team on Saturday, you have to be able to kind of play that. You have to be able to play a defense. If they start off hot, you have to respond almost immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to see where Auburn ranks in terms of three-point ranking in the national scale of things. Probably not good since I'm clicking show more about it like a few dozen times. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm still going. We're already past 300. Yeah. Um, Auburn ranks 350th in three-point percentage out of 363 teams in men's college basketball D1. 350 out of 363 in three-pointers.
0: The Canisius Golden Griffins are shooting better than us from the three-point line.
1: Auburn attempts, I can't even, I want to see this attempts number per game to make. They attempt 21.1 threes a game to make 6.2. That's 21
0: horrible.
1: threes taken a game to make 6.2. If you shoot threes, like if you do what you did with the three-point line in Tennessee on Saturday, you will lose. You will. Again, you need to hope you get into a defensive battle early, and you need to find a way to get Jani Broom in the paint and hope that you have one or two other guys who are having a good day. We cannot be taking step-back threes and kind of pump fakes from the three-point line and expect to win on Saturday. You have to no. run some plays, get inside, make some baskets. You do. And I think you can do that. I mean, we'll go to the more positive side now. If you get into a rock fight with Alabama, you got a pretty good chance. You do. It's at home. That helps a lot. And you just have to just be that defensive presence. you got to figure out if something's not working on Brandon Miller, you have to switch it pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, I mean, you've got to try everything.
1: Because Bama's going to go on a run at some point during this game. They yeah. will. The, the key is limiting them from a second, third, fourth, fifth, so yeah. on. Mm-hmm. you have to be able to do that. And if it's not falling from, from wherever you're shooting, try to go inside. Get some fouls. We've seen the SEC's whistles have been going off more recently. With that, just drive to the basket. Get a higher percentage shot. Don't be taking a two-foot from the three-point line long mid-range. That doesn't help anyone. I'm sorry. I'm rambling a little bit.
0: No, you're good. But, yeah, like, I pretty much agree with just about everything you said. Um, I just – Hopefully the, I'm I try to not be the type to blame the officials. I'm, I I'm never with that person. I get very annoyed when people do that. It just kind of ups like not upsets me. But it's just like really like you can admit your team didn't play good. Yeah. Um.
1: Like I'm like the officials called the end of the Tennessee game. Yes, it was bad. Was that the reason Auburn fully lost? No. No. It's when you go three for whatever it was from the three point line. That's right. why you lose that game.
0: But I just don't. I hope the officiating is like good. I will admit it's a little weird like that the Texas A&M game they shot like three times the foul shots we did. That's a little like huh. But I don't definitely don't think that's why Auburn lost. Um so it I'm doesn't just, it doesn't
1: help when they are shooting that much. From the no,
0: but also that goes to if you commit fouls you're going to get called for fouling. Mm-hmm. Like so I don't know. I just I don't want to see Auburn fans blaming the refs if we lose this game um, by more than five. And on the same token, if we somehow win this, I know Alabama fans are going to be flooding Twitter saying, oh, the refs, oh, the refs, oh, the refs. There are three accounts I have in mind that mm-hmm. I know will do that. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I don't have them restricted is because sometimes I need a good laugh in my life. Mm-hmm. But, yeah.
1: But we'll talk about who you got later, but – I'm leaning one way. I just don't want to say it. Just same. Because the way that the dominance of this one uh, this team this one team this year has been so much where they've lost three games. Almost all of them I don't, they've not lost a home game yet, I'm pretty sure. No, uh they lost to Gonzaga and Birmingham. What are we counting that?
0: That's a home game.
1: They've not yet lost yet at Coleman. Yeah. I will say that. They lost at if you have a game like Oklahoma, you can win this game. Hundred percent. I hope they come out. You like can that. limit it to that, but that means what they did in that game to uh, uh, Brandon Miller was Brandon Miller's stats of that game was four for fourteen for eleven mm-hmm. points. If you have a game like that with him, you you can be rolling tumors with that if that stat line happens. But I agree. You need you just need things to go your way, man. Like if something's not working early, timeouts. Timeouts are your friend, Daniel. Mm-hmm. Just quick adjustments and. If you if you were able to make the adjustments against this Alabama team, you can win this game. Yeah. I think you can. It's just a matter of if they go on a big run, you have to know, let's stop the bleeding, let's get some things changed real quickly.
0: hmm I agree. And yeah.
1: That was our little heart to heart. But I still believe in Auburn basketball. I do. just
0: I don't For think now. I don't think you
1: can win you have to win one of these ranked matchups, I think, whether it be I'll call Kentucky a ranked matchup. You have to win either one of the Bama games, Tennessee or Kentucky, to be I think, for sure, secure for March. I think. But, yeah. That is going to do it for our talk on Auburn basketball. When we come back, we're going into the world of the National Hockey League. So, do not go anywhere. You're listening to the Eagle's Nest on Weagle 91.1
0: FM. Welcome back into the Eagle's Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I am Daniel Locke. Alongside me today, and as always, is Griggs Blankenberg. And now, it is time for the National Hockey League. Let's
1: do that hockey. We'll do what we always do. We'll start out with the standings. It's going to be a little bit different today, folks, for NBA for obvious reasons, but we'll talk about that in the next segment. But let's just go ahead and start off in the NHL. We'll start in the Eastern Conference in the Atlantic, as we always do. Still in first place. Not much has changed since last... Wait, has anything changed since
0: last week? I don't think so.
1: I don't think there has been a game. So we'll just do a refresher real quick. Bruins are still in first place with 83 points over the Toronto Maple Leafs. Buy. They're up 13 points on the Maple Leafs with an extra game in hand. 39, 7, and 5, followed by the Lightning, Sabres, Panthers, Senators, Red Wings, and Canadiens. We move on to the Metropolitan Division with the Carolina Hurricanes leading the New Jersey Devils by 6, 76 points, 39, 9, and 8. Then it goes Hurricanes, Devils, Rangers, Capitals, Penguins, Islanders, Flyers, and the Blue Jackets. Uh, Western Conference in the Central, we have the Dallas Stars up five points on the Winnipeg Jets. They have 70 points. The Stars do 30, 13, and 10, followed by the Jets, Avalanche, Wild, Predators, Blues, Coyotes, and the Blackhawks. And to finish it all off in the Pacific, a new person is taken the top spot. It is the Vegas Golden Knights, 64 points. They are one ahead of the Kraken and the Kings, two ahead of the Oilers. This one's going to be the closest division in hockey. So it goes Knights, Kraken, Kings, Oilers, Flames,
0: Canucks, Sharks and Ducks. I remember saying how I thought the Canucks and Ducks were going to get it together this year on our NHL kickoff show, so that's not
1: looking... I don't don't think we've done well on any of our kickoff shows this year.
0: (laughs) No, we both thought the Bills were a runaway Super Bowl favorite.
1: For a little bit, they were. We thought it was close.
0: I said Jameis Winston was going to be a comeback player of the year candidate along with Michael Thomas. Didn't he
1: play two games? Yeah. Okay. No, but then no, we also both thought the Saints and Panthers could make the playoffs.
0: They both could have uh, the yeah. things gone right.
1: I don't even remember what we said for our NBA preview. <laughs> probably was. I not, know what I said. I know what you said yours is doing pretty well. Mine's probably not that. I didn't. I definitely didn't say the Hornets were making the playoffs. But nonetheless, hockey. So the big news that happened over the All Star break uh, was the trade between the Islanders. What is it, Bo Horrath? Yeah, is going to the Islanders. Horvath. Um, Will scored in his NHL uh his debut with the Islanders on Tuesday night. So there has been some hockey over the past couple days, beating the Kraken four 0 as it would be called across the pond. So Horvat scored in his home debut for the Islanders at T uh was it uh, IBS Arena? Yeah, yes, that's the one. Not not the barn anymore, but compared to the where they are right now for the Islanders in the standings, so the Islanders are kind of. Uh, far down in the metropolitan division in the wild card spots, they would be there right now. Technically, a point back of the Penguins for that second wild card spot. So, what do you think adding Horat would do for the uh, for this team?
0: Um, I definitely think that that gives you a boost. On he's a two way, so it gives you a boost on both sides of the ice. And right now, you're currently only one point back from being in a playoff spot. So. Just if he can generate some more production, I don't see why they can't sneak up in there.
1: Especially with yeah, some of these teams like the Capitals and the Penguins, the two teams I think it's like the older teams in the NHL. Yeah, I feel like they're going to decline a little bit more near there at the end. So I think it'd be really important, especially keep that lead over the Sabers. Make sure you have that third position right now in that wild card race. I think that helps in the end. Um, Other news. uh, the Kraken placed their leading scorer on IR, Andre uh with a lower body injury. He suffered that in Tuesday night's game. Um, he played 49 of the other 50 games this year when, as signing as a uh, free agent. Uh, had 39 points this year, 13 points, 26 assists. Um, and, yeah, that's a big blow to the Kraken, especially with the battle they're in for the Pacific right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um... It'd be really cool to see the Kraken turn into a playoff team. And I think they still will. They're in a good spot for that. But this definitely makes you more susceptible to slip.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, the Kraken are second in the Pacific right now. But then again, they're also a point away from being in the first wild card spot. So that's how close it is right now at the top. Yeah, I agree. Um, what else do we have in the world of the NHL? Uh Jack Hughes, the Devil Stars, week to week with an upper body injury. One of the um, best uh, young players in the league currently right now mm-hmm. was at the All-Star game the past weekend. Um, two goals and, and three points in Monday's 5-4 win over the Canucks. Um, he didn't finish practice the other day, and so they're a little bit of concern right now around him. He's uh, week to week. I think you got to keep him healthy, especially with the position the Devils are in right now. Being uh, ten points ahead of the first wild card spot, so I think they're airing more on the side of caution in that one.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Well, he's a valuable piece of the team. Um, You're a team that's you know competing for a top playoff spot, so it's February 9th. No need to risk anything. You're not really in a push right now, so just rest him up so he can be ready to go in the postseason. Let's run through
1: the point, uh, the stats leaders real quickly. Starting off the skating leaders, of course, it's the two boys in orange and blue at the top. It's Connor McDavid with 93 points. Leon Draisaitl at 76. Third, Nikita Kucherov with 75. David Pasternak with 72. And Matthew Tkachuk of the Florida Panthers now at 71. New name from there. Goal leaders, of course, it's Connor McDavid again. 41 goals. Pasternak with 38. Jack Hughes, who we were just talking about, with 35. Tage Thompson, 34. Miko Rantanen, also with 34.
0: I did not see Rantanen kind of overtaking Nathan McKinnon as one of like the biggest pieces of this avalanche team coming.
1: Yeah, that's yeah a little bit unexpected. And then plus-minus Hampus Lindholm for the Bruins, 33. Uh, Joe Pavelski of Dallas, 32. Matt Greslick of Boston, 31. Adam Larson of Seattle, 30. And Jason Robertson of Dallas with 29. So... Just by judging it at the plus and minus the um yeah, so Boston and Dallas are good, apparently, according yes. to that stat. And that would show because they're both leading the Western and the Eastern Conference. Um seeing some names flip around on the goaltending leaders. Is did something happen with uh the main goalkeeper for the Bruins?
0: Yeah, Jeremy or um Lena Solmark.
1: Yeah, he just kind of started to slip. A little bit. Um, he had to slip a lot to be dropped. He was in first in every category a week ago.
0: Yeah, he's been dealing with some injury over the last week, uh, unfortunately, and just hasn't really played much. And everything was so compact with all the goalie leaders. It did not take long to fall off. Um, but the fact that Jeremy Swayman stepped up and has been doing pretty good in net has been encouraging to see. And when Omar gets back to playing every day, like, it'll, it'll fix itself. But... Definitely a weird thing, for sure.
1: We're definitely already halfway through the season, but let's go ahead and do this. So after the All Star break, so there are mid season talks. So, what is something that you've been surprised about so far? Well, technically more than halfway, but we'll say we're halfway since the All Star break just happened.
0: Um, I'll just give you a punch list here. Just getting this one out of the way. I didn't think the Bruins were going to be a playoff team this year, and mm-hmm. they're the they have the most points in the NHL, so that's a pleasant surprise there. Um, I did not see Seattle being in second place in the Pacific coming at all. I thought they'd be around the 5 or 6 mark if they were lucky. Uh, I didn't think Vancouver was still going to be bad, but I was wrong. Um, I didn't see St. Louis falling off this hard coming at all. Mm -hmm. And I thought Colorado would kind of be running away with the NHL, but they're 12 points back and they're in the Central Division. Mm -hmm. Um, And Winnipeg being good. Didn't see that coming. So there you go.
1: Yeah, my thing was, um, I mean, the Rangers at the start of the year were not looking good like I thought they would be, and they've kind of bounced their way back a little bit. Um, Again, I'll say at Ottawa, that was really disappointing so far. I spoke pretty highly of them at the start of the year. Um, We both said the Avalanche were going to win the Cup. Very slow start for them. I think they're getting back into form a little bit more now. They were 7-2-1 in their past 10 games. getting healthy, all healthy. I think they are fully healthy now. I'm pretty sure, according to their injury list, I think they are all the way healthy back now. So that's pretty big. Um, uh, McCarr is out for this upcoming road trip, though, so that could be a big blow for them. Yeah. Um, I knew the Blackhawks were going to be terrible, but at the start of the year, they looked pretty good. Now they're just really, really bad. Um, Yeah, I agree with you on the Blues. I thought they were going to be a little bit more kind of just competing the resurgence of the kings i didn't really expect kind of that was a little bit of a surprise
0: yeah i didn't expect that either
1: all right so we'll end with this What is give us a mid um give us your stanley cup final and then also give me uh just one other prediction you have it doesn't have to be anything related to
0: okay so my stanley cup prediction is bruins and golden knights uh that might sound like me being a little biased but I just – I don't see a team, as at this point in the East, that can beat the Bruins four times out of seven. Um, then kind of the other thing – oh, and Vegas is just good. I don't see Vegas's path to the cup being that difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I just All these teams in the West who are um, top four in their division are very, very beatable. And I don't think it's anything Vegas can't handle at all. Plus, Bruce Cassidy's a good coach. Mm-hmm. Obviously wasn't a fit in Boston but good coach nonetheless. And other prediction, um, I think Edmonton misses the playoffs. Okay. (coughs) Sound like me over there.
1: Yeah, no, that came out of nowhere. Um, Stanley Cup final. Um, I wanted to be different and not pick the Bruins, but I think they can. I was thinking there's some way Toronto can get good once Matthews gets back fully healthy. I think he's injured still, but... Yeah, I got Boston. Just the way they're running away with it right now. The only thing I would be nervous of if I was Boston is if you're dropping games and Carolina's picking some up. They're on it. They're on a seven-game heater right now. They're nine zero and one in the past um, ten games. So, and Carolina, as much as I do not like the Hurricanes, I will say that is a very tough place to play. Yeah, and especially it is. in the postseason when all the fans come out. So, yeah, I think if you're the Bruins, I think your main competition is the Hurricanes right now. Mm-hmm. I also would not be pushed aside, just, like, kind of pushing over the Maple Leafs at all, if they can get out the first round, that is. Yeah. And then in the West, you said the Knights. I'm going to go the Stars. I think they're getting back to the Cup Final for the first time since 2020 in the bubble in Canada, I think, with the way they're playing right now. Kind of what you said, like, if you can get through some of the Western Conference, pretty scathing there, I think you can do it. I would not at all be surprised if Colorado makes a deep playoff run. With getting everyone back healthy, if they if they get the goaltending up, and then prediction. Hmm. I had one, but it's pretty pretty crazy. Well, let's hear it. I think the Lightning are gonna miss the playoffs.
0: That'd be hilarious.
1: I don't think they could. Looking at their numbers, but I just something about that team right now. Just I'm like they can't have playoff success in four straight seasons. I just can't see no. it happening.
0: Yeah, it goes against the laws of nature or yeah. something like that.
1: If they do make the playoffs, I do not think they're going to – I don't think they're going to make it to like the Eastern Conference Final or anything like that, unless they get a very, very favorable draw, similar to what they got last year. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that is going to do it for our NHL talk. When we come back, oh, boy, we got a lot of basketball to catch you up on, folks. It's been a crazy week in the National Basketball Association, so do not go anywhere. You're listening to The Eagle's Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM.
0: And welcome back into the Eagle's Nest on uh, Legal 91.1 FM. I almost forgot what station this was. That wouldn't have been a good look since I've been here for over a year and a half. But Hmm. the NBA, the the National Basketball Association, I don't want to hear anyone say that this league is boring ever. This league is lit. You never know what's going to happen just, in this league.
1: Since we don't really have time to cover the postseason much, we cover like, what, the first, maybe part of the second round, usually before we go home for summer? Yep. This is the most we've had to talk about NBA, I think.
0: Oh, for sure.
1: And we'll start off with the big news of the week. It is of course, LeBron James passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who is LeBron is now the uh, leading scorer in NBA history that passed on a uh, fadeaway shot, spin-round shot against the Thunder on Tuesday night. So Quite. what does this
0: do for LeBron's goat argument? I think it strengthens it a lot. I, I don't three point. I mean, he still has the most finals losses, really. Well, yeah, but I mean, he I still am made it to well, the finals. MJ
1: is from North Carolina, so I am a little biased, but yeah, I think that six and zero oh in, in NBA finals is just a lot. But scoring titles also cool. really good, and LeBron is going to playing a lot longer than a lot of those other players have in the past. I mean, I mean Kareem. <laughs> I saw a LeBron hater on Twitter. He tweet or something like this, or heard it somewhere. Is like. In defense of doesn't not really mattering is like well Kareem Abdul-Jabbar played half his career without the three-point line. <laughs> that was, yeah. but it is a it was a big moment for basketball. He's definitely I, he's definitely one of my top five players of all time. Um, but that was just what a moment that was. All the people coming on at the court, they legit stopped the game with ten night ten seconds left yeah, in the that third was quarter. Pretty ridiculous, but <laughs> and then Thunder ended up winning, which was very funny.
0: Yes, that was my favorite part.
1: <laughs> that was funny. But then last night, well, I just went to bed and this news broke. The Suns blockbuster trade, landing Kevin Durant in a deal with the Nets. Um, the deal happened uh, hours ahead of today's the NBA trade deadline at 3 p.m. Uh, Kevin Durant was traded from the Brooklyn Nets to the Phoenix Suns for a package that includes Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, and four unprotected future first-round picks. Four. So the Brooklyn um, – so the Suns returning. in Turning into the Los Angeles Rams, it seems like.
0: <laughs> That's a good comparison.
1: I mean, four picks in the middle of the night, along with three other players. I mean, you could flip Mikael Bridges and get two a first round out of him, probably too, if you wanted to. It's just crazy to think the the where we all thought Brooklyn was when it was Durant, Harden, and Kyrie, mm-hmm. didn't really do anything. Harden gets traded, then you get Kyrie traded this week, and then. They thought they were going to keep Durant, and then they trade him away. Yeah. And then looking at the NBA standings right now, we're not going to run through them like we used to do since we just have so much time. The Suns right now are the fifth seed, with the Mavericks at the fourth seed. The Suns can easily, I think, get up to the third, maybe even the second seed. I think the Denver is going to take the one seed. But they are loading up for a playoff run, and they are an experienced team now who's been to the finals. So they're making a push for it, especially in the last – as a Chris Paul fan, I would say maybe one to two years of Chris Paul being able to be, like, highly productive.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm really interested to see what the Suns do. And as a uh, Celtics fan, I almost said Sox fan, so mm-hmm. that's that kind of morning. I am a lot more worried about the Suns than I was 24 hours ago. And the Suns have taken over being the team out of the West I'm most scared of. Um but I'm, just, I'm really glad this happened because now the odds of the Mavericks just absolutely failing are high, and I hope that happens because my least favorite player in the NBA forever and always will be Kyrie Irving. So to see him not find success for another team will just make my day.
1: I bet you can't even guess mine.
0: I'll give you Your two guesses. Your least favorite player in the NBA? Yes. Okay, Hornets fan. That is hard. Um, it's not LeBron,
1: but LeBron did beat us. Every I know single- you like
0: Kimba. There's no beef. There. No, I
1: don't. No, there's no. No, that was an MJ thing. I, 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 I okay. All love Kimba forever. So you're. I was at his return game, so no.
0: I don't think you hate LeBron.
1: I don't hate LeBron, even though he beat the Hornets. He did not lose to the Hornets when he was with the Heat, like ever.
0: Your least favorite player. I know you like Chris Paul. Okay.
1: I'll give you a hint. He did play for the Hornets at some point. He's currently still playing in the NBA as well.
0: What is he East or West? He's West. Terry Rozier? No,
1: he's still in the Hornets. Oh, I'm an idiot. We have too much to talk about. It's Nick Batum. Okay, I never would have guessed that. The the contract he he took for the Hornets was absurd. And then now he... Legit, during the bubble, I saw Nick Batum starting. I was fueled with rage when I saw that happen. But yeah, it's Nick Batum. He was just taking money, just sitting on the bench. Um... Other big news: um, the three-team trade with the Lakers. We'll talk about that now. D'Angelo Russell is going back to the Lakers because the Los Angeles Lakers have agreed to trade Russell Westbrook to the Utah Jazz and reacquire point guard D'Angelo Russell from the Minnesota Timberwolves in a three-team, eight-eight tr- player trade. The Lakers will also get Malik Beasley and Jarrett Vanderbilt in the trade, while the Timberwolves will receive Mike Conley and Nikhil Alexander Walker and. and the Jazz will also receive Juan Toscano Anderson and Damian Jones in a 2027 Lakers first-round pick that is top four protected.
0: I feel bad for any NBA fans who took an early night last night.
1: This happened yesterday afternoon, but, yeah, if you went to bed around – if you were uh, a foreign admirer or an international admirer of the NBA, you woke up to some pretty crazy news today.
0: You did. You did.
1: Um, But I don't get – like, we were talking about this. Why would the Jazz want to switch up what they got going right now? I don't know. Um, like we said, like the Jazz. Okay, so the Jazz are currently right outside the playoffs. Portland got back in, so they're the eleven seed right now. I guess you maybe want to change something up, but Mike Conley was your leading assist man per game, and he was also leading you in steals per game. And we were talking about him. It was like Laurie Mank uh, marketing, Mike Conley, and Walker Hessler were like the three pieces they kind of wanted for that team. Mm-hmm. But I guess if you can get a first round pick out of giving rid of Mike Conley, and they are going to buy out Russell Westbrook. That is what all indications are leading towards.
0: Yeah, I, I'm interested to see if Russ finds his footing here. I think he's going to get bought out, honestly. I could see that. I just can't
1: get it. I just, yeah. Um, this one happened recently today. Uh, the Boston Celtics acquired Mike Muscala from Oklahoma City for forward Justin Jackson and a pair of second-round picks. So the Boston giving away uh, picks to Oklahoma City. So Oklahoma City now has even more picks that – I don't even remember how much they have. I mean, they at least – they've just been stocking up forever, especially with Shea Gildas-Alexander, and you have that guard. They could start loading up here in the future.
0: They can. (laughs) Um, I'm interested to see – and like Chet Holmgren. I mean, he could be a valuable piece. He could, yeah. So, yeah, the the Thunder could be – in a couple years, the Thunder could be the team to beat in the NBA, definitely. Um, I would like to see that. I always kind of think NBA is better when the Thunder are good.
1: I think that's just me just thinking back from the days when they were like really good, like mm-hmm. the Durant, um, Harden, and Westbrook days. Yeah, it's
0: it's nostalgic for us. It is.
1: Um, another pick that happened last night: the Knicks acquiring Josh Hart and sending Cam Reddish to the Blazers. Uh, the Blazers traded Josh Hart to the New York Knicks in return. New York is sending Cam Reddish, Ryan Archie oh huh, blast of the past right there, and Chief McCalla Cook, and a protected 2023 1st round pick to Portland. Sources say the lottery protected pick turns into four future second-round picks if not conveyed this year.
0: Josh Hart is one of the funniest people on Twitter. I don't follow him on Twitter.
1: No, I've seen stuff in the past what he said. You know who's funny on Twitter is CJ McCollum. Yes. He is very funny. Like,
0: for example, on Tuesday night, Josh Hart tweeted out, "Is Harry Potter good need to download it? And I don't know why. That just made me laugh. And we have a
1: more breaking news that just happened with the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, I just got this one on my phone. It, this the uh, trade deadline day is going crazy. So the uh, Hornets are uh, the uh, reportedly traded defense uh, specialist. This, oh, it's a three-team trade. That's why I was so confused. Okay. Uh, the 76ers are reportedly traded defensive specialist Matisse Thybulle to the Portland Trailblazers in a three-team deal that includes the Charlotte Hornets. Um, per Adrian Wojnarowski, ESPN, the Sixers will acquire Jalen McDaniels with the Hornets getting multiple second-round picks. And then uh, the guy who I just mentioned um, – New York's Ashiv Makula Cook, that was acquired in the Josh Hart trade from the Blazers, is being sent to Charlotte in this trade too. So Charlotte trades away Jalen McDaniels and picks up some picks and I don't uh, someone for I've never even heard of the player they got. So I think it's just a matter of time. I think we'll, today we'll decide if the Hornets are going to go full tank or not, mm-hmm. especially with um how it's kind of leading out right now with mm-hmm. if we're going to trade Terry. Now, that's the big name. We're not trading Lamelo. It's we're are we going to trade Terry? So, and I don't think anyone's going to pick up Gordon Hayward. So there's that. More trades. We're just going until the de- until uh, the end, folks. We have news also that just came in less than ten minutes ago. The Nets are trading Jay Crowder to the Bucket. Uh, I almost said Buccaneers. <laughs> Nets trade Jay Crowder to the Milwaukee Bucks. Jay Crowder, who was traded to the Brooklyn Nets from the Phoenix Suns on Wednesday night, again is on the move Thursday. He was dealt to the Milwaukee Bucks. He was a part of the Kevin Durant trade package. In making the trade with the Suns, um, he is uh, Crowder hasn't played all season. He was said he was sitting out the entire season. Um, I think what they are getting from him. If I I don't have many Woj tweets on right now, so don't have that right now. I probably should honestly for this next like couple days or next couple like hours. Um, I'm not seeing what they are trading him for though yet. So that is kind of interesting. So I'm still, we're still waiting to see what they're getting in return for that. Maybe I'll check Shams and see if he's got anything that Woj does not. But what is your – it's a busy day, Daniel.
0: Yeah, um, I'm on Twitter right now kind of scrolling through hashtag NBA trade deadline, and this is crazy. Like there's all sorts of stuff going on here. Um, I'm seeing anything. Oh, here's a Clippers fan saying, come on, do something. That little emoji – or not emoji. Get yeah. – Meme. God, mm-hmm. I'm old mm-hmm. with the stick pointing out the NBA logo.
1: Um, oh, okay, I got it. So, Per Shams, uh the netter training, Jay Crowder, the Bucks for five second round draft picks. Five second rounders for Jay Crowder. So, the Bucks, especially right now, looking back at the standings right now, the Buccaneers are in second in the Eastern Conference, only a game and a half behind the Celtics, which is kind of scary because now Giannis doesn't have to be a true five right now. He can play a four or a five. True. Um, anything else? I'm checking Sham's stuff as well. Uh, ooh, another one. This. Is, so speaking of that old Thunder team we were talking about, the Bucks are also sending Serge Ibaka to the Pacers as part of the Jay Crowder Serge deal with Ibaka.
0: Nets.
1: What a blast in the past! And I that wish one Nick was Nick
0: Collison was still in the league.
1: <clears throat> Man, this is one of the crazier NBA trade deadlines that I can remember myself.
0: Yeah, like everyth- It is going nuts.
1: It is going nuts. Is there anything can we get in? Is there another trade that's going to happen right before the buzz before we get a break? We'll find out. Um, but um, do you think this the Suns are the team to be worried about now out of the West, as you were saying? Sure. I just still also think the Warriors can be dangerous, I think. If they can get into that automatic playoff bid, so one through six, I think that's a team you definitely don't want to play with that much experience and that much big game presence. Because we've not really seen Denver do much in the playoffs yet. No. But they do. Are, Jokic is most likely going back to win back to back-to-back-to-back player of the year. It's just the way he's just playing is crazy.
0: Yeah, I agree. And is that going to do it almost? We have a couple more seconds. Is there anything new? Um, I just refreshed it, so I'm not seeing anything new.
1: Uh, The Pacers are acquiring Bucks guard George Hill in a second-round pick, So, and the Pacers will take on $4 million of uh, Hill's contract for their cap space. Um... And that's uh, Thomas Bryant was traded to this, uh, the Nuggets for Davion Reed in three second-round picks. Those were 2025, 26, and the 29th pick. And, yeah, that is going to do it for our NBA talk. Ooh, a lot. If there's any breaking, breaking NBA news, we'll be sure to update you on the rest of the show. But coming up next, we're talking a little bit about the Premier League as well as some golf. Golf has finally returned, and we also have our Super Bowl preview at this second hour of the show. Second hour of the Eagles Nest is coming up. You're listening to WEGL 91.1 FM.
0: And welcome back to the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I am Daniel Locke. Alongside me today, and as always, is Griggs Blankenberg. First hour of the show is loaded. We talked about college basketball as a whole, Auburn basketball, the NHL, and the craziness that's been the NBA this week. And now we're taking a trip across the pond and then a trip that could be anywhere around the world. talking about the Premier League and then golf.
1: More specifically, Arizona, but this week, at least. But, yeah, so the Premier League, we'll run through it pretty quickly. Uh, Arsenal still at the top, 50 points, followed by Man City, who has a lot of news coming of the week. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Man United in third with 20, uh, 43 points. Newcastle in fourth with 40. Tottenham in fifth with 39. Brighton sixth. Brentford seven. Fulham eight. Chelsea ninth. Liverpool tenth. Aston Villa, 11th. Crystal Palace, 12th. Nottingham Forest, 13. Leicester City, 14. Wolverhampton Wanderers, 15. Leeds United, 16. West Ham United, 17. Everton, 18. AFC Bournemouth, 19th. And Southampton, 20th.
0: How about Everton? Beating... That was a big one. Who did they beat?
1: They beat Arsenal. That's right. They are only the second team to beat Arsenal this year. And in the Premier League, it's been United and then, Ars- and then Everton. That was very what a, impressed. What a crazy world that is we live in. But... Yeah, a lot of news. What I was talking about with Man City is they are getting, they could be getting in trouble, and by that I mean I'm talking about the news of what sanctions could be coming to uh, Manchester City. Um, They were had some possible points. They've were charged. Here's the official article. They were charged with uh, by Premier League for multiple financial fair play breaches over the past nine seasons between the 2009 to 2010 season. And the 2017-28 to 28, um, seasons it has been a four-year investigation. And the charges they've been over breached more than 100 rules. And they, uh, th- uh, they failed to, um, according to Premier League, to provide accurate financial information that gives a true and fair view of the club's financial position. They've also been accused of failing to cooperate with the investigation.
0: That's not good.
1: And what this could mean, though, is points production uh, deduction from the Premier League, which we saw what happened with Juventus. They got minus 15 points in uh, Serie A. Or one that's more serious is they could be relegated. Oh, my. They could be relegated, which would be a very, very shocking development if that were to be the case. I doubt it's going to go that far. But more likely they'll get docked points, which would help out Manchester United a little bit, but not if Arsenal... <coughs> Excuse me, keeps playing the way they are.
0: Yeah, um, that would be nuts. I know it's likely not going to happen, but if Arsenal got relegated,
1: yeah, that is, yeah, if Arsenal, get... no, I meant Man City gets relegated. Oh. Um, if Man City gets relegated, that would be a very big thing because me and, um, my friend, we were talking about it the other day. So a lot of the lower-tier clubs are the people who are coming up out of the championship. They'll have clauses in their contract like where if they get relegated, they can opt out of them without any like payments made. Mm-hmm. The thing is, though, I'm going to guess people who are like Erling Holland, Jack Grealish, um, uh, who else, Kevin De Bruyne, do not have those clauses in their contract because no one in their right mind thinks M- Man City is going to be relegated to Premier League. So mm-hmm. they might have to play next year. In the championship, which would be Ooh. quite the shock, especially if they don't have—I feel like there's somewhere in there they have a clause with that, but it's got to be pretty deep in the contract for that to be the case. I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, you hate to see it, but I don't really do. at all. Um, what else is in the Premier League? Um, uh, there was a record of 1.57 billion spent on international deals in January. So during the transfer window. 1.57 billion. I think Chelsea spent around 300 million of that, so that's pretty funny. Um, anything else, Premier? You just want to go to golf?
0: We can go on the golf. Let's
1: go on to golf. So this week is one of the premier non-majors of the year, and that is we are talking about the Waste Management Open. It is the uh, Super Bowl pregame event of the year, where you see the famous 16th hole with the craziness that happens there's a whole one we got two last year i feel like because we got two last year we're not going to get any this year which i'm very scared about
0: yeah hopefully we can get two or three
1: or just any i want i just need something i just need that content in my life i just want to see that happen um but yeah so right now it's currently going on currently in the lead through eight is adam long tied with keith mitchell minus three um, I have some golfers saved on my thing. I wonder if they've even teed off yet. Uh, my guy Webb Simpson doesn't tee off until three forty.
0: My guy Jordan Spieth is playing right now with Patrick Cantlay. My guy
1: and my guy Will Zalatoris is still, I think, recovering from that back injury. Sad, but hopefully he's good by the time we get to the majors. I also got my guy Cameron Young. Good Eeks is tied for thirteenth right now through two holes. So I think he's, I think he's going to win a major this year. He was the guy who was runner up behind uh, Cam Smith. Mm-hmm. And at the open, that's what I'm thinking. But yeah, the craziness of this tournament in years past has just led to just kind of like this thing where it's like it's a 20 million dollar purse this year. Mm-hmm. It's Arizona have a, has, is having a crazy week. You get Kevin Durant in that trade, you get the Phoenix Open right now, and then you have the Super Bowl on Sunday. Yeah, it's got to be one of the best weekends in Arizona sports history.
0: How busy do you think the Phoenix International Airport is this week?
1: Pretty busy. I remember reading something where they've added like a thousand flights in and out of it or Jeez. something like that. It's like a crazy number. Um, but yeah, this, this has to be like, I mean, if it wasn't just for the Coyotes, then.
0: My, my favorite be perfect. thing is like when people are like, oh, why does Birmingham have a pro team? Right? You think that they could just add a thousand flights into Birmingham Shuttlesworth International Airport and it would just go unnoticed? Like, no.
1: I've never been to the Birmingham Airport, so I, 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 from your wording, I would imagine no.
0: No, definitely not.
1: That's by the same reason Charlotte can never probably host a Super Bowl, unfortunately, because we just don't have a lot of the uh, enough hotels. Yeah. That's the thing. But going into this, well, this could be our golf open, too. Just what are you kind of expecting from this year? Kind of like the same thing we saw last year was just Rory and Scheffler kind of just like battling it out a lot.
0: Yeah, I'm also predicting a bounce-back year for Jordan Spieth.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that I think that's likely. Which one did he win last year on tour? He won something.
0: It was the week after the Masters, the okay. Hilton Head thing. I think. I love the Hilton
1: Head. It's so sad they play that right after the Masters because it's a gorgeous course. Yeah, and just no one plays because they spent two weeks prior to preparing for the Masters.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: It really grinds my gears. That's why I like how they're adding like increased purses for some events like after majors, like mm-hmm. this one, like the, um, like the the TPC. It's it's the Royal Canada, whatever the Hilton Head Open thing. Yeah, they're adding a crease pot for that. I don't know why they added an increase pot for Charlotte. I mean, I I don't even know why. I think it may be on Easter, but then maybe no, wait, no, the Masters is on Easter. Mm-hmm. That's a great weekend, man. You got the the Frank Thomas statue unveiling. You got a day. You got Masters weekend. Mm. That's a good weekend of sports right there.
0: Yeah, but for
1: me. I'm hoping a lot of the live drama goes away. I'm hoping no one jumps in the middle of this season. I just want, like, a calm year where I don't want to think about live making absolutely zero money last year. Yeah, I agree. all these players. Like, the only one that I liked that went over, I liked Harold Warner. He's from Gastonia, and he was like, the reason I'm doing this is, A, I can give all his money to, like, my charities. And then, like, also I can just set my family up for life. So, I like that. I also, love, love him or do not like him, I like uh, Brooks Kepka. I do too. I think he's funny. I do not... I do not... I'm not saying this for the radio. I do not prefer the person or the player that is Patrick Reed.
0: I'm an anti-Patrick Reed guy myself.
1: I think he is, it is okay that the so-called
0: excavator is now off the tour. Dude, I met him in Memphis the same time I met Jordan Spieth because mm-hmm. they were playing together at TBC Southwind. Oh, no way. And... Jordan Spieth was so nice, gave me a fist bump, said he liked my hat because I was wearing like his hat. Mm-hmm. And then I reach out to fist bump Patrick Reed. He oh, stops, then looks at you, my
1: wrist, then hand you a lawsuit,
0: and keeps walking. I'm like, no way! And it's like, I'm not a little. I wasn't a little kid at the time. Hey, be All careful.
1: Right. He may try to. He may try to put a lawsuit on you. He's doing that with
0: everyone now. Oh, I, I welcome it. Um, <laughs> that, would, that would be crazy if that ever happened. But because of my grandfather's uh, choice of career, I think I'm good. But <laughs> Yeah, he was just so rude.
1: I think a lot of the guys who went to the live Tour in the beginning, like the very beginning, were the guys who just were always at odds with something on the PJ Tour. Yeah. Mainly, um, I thought it was uh, Patrick uh, Reed, um, Bryson DeChambeau, um, Dustin Johnson near the end had a little bit of yeah, a couple dust-ups. Which I kind of didn't like.
0: See, I like DJ, so I wish he would have stayed. But
1: I, I did too a little bit. It's just, so i don't i'm not counting that masters win. You're playing august in november with like no fans and then like the conditions are completely different. True. I don't count that. But that's just me. You can count if you want. But it's like how i don't count LeBron's bubble ring. <laughs> Speaking of LeBron. Um I do want to see I want to see a new I want to see at least two new major winners this year. Either that or I want to see Rory win the Masters. I, like I want to see a new guy win the Masters, or I want to see Roy win it. Or Roy technically would be a new guy since he's never won the Masters. Which is hard to believe. He, he's just been so close. I mean, think about last year when him and Colin Morikawa both hold out on the 18th green, but then Scotty Scheffler was just the guy last year on tour yeah. and closed it out. I do like Scotty Scheffler, though. He's quickly it. rising up my ranks. I also think Max Homa, man. I think he's he's going to be good, man. I think, he, yeah. I think this is the year he could win two, three, maybe four t- tournaments this year.
0: That's definitely not out of the realm of possibility, I
1: think he, I think his thing though is he's gotta win one of the big ones I think he's gotta be in contention on a Sunday in a major. I think that's the big thing kind of holding him back on it right now, where he's been good in like the other tournaments, but when it gets when the lights are shining the brightest, you just gotta be able to perform better. I think that's his main thing, honestly, what do you think about?
0: Yeah, I pretty much think the same thing um. I would like to see. It'd be really cool to see Spieth win the Masters, mm-hmm. but I mean, that's just my bias talking.
1: Yeah, has he won two or three times? He's won uh, two,
0: one Masters, one U.S. Open. Okay, I was
1: about to say I thought he won two Masters, but no, he almost won two, and then yeah. the disaster, Amen he Corner
0: fell apart on Golden Bell. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I just don't. I don't know. I mean, I really like. Um, I like Max Halma. I do like Max a
1: lot. Um. Trying to think of what else I think will want to happen. I, I, want an interesting. I want an interesting U.S. Open this year. I want it to be down to the wire type of thing, where it's a normal U.S. Open where there's like three people over under par. You know, you know the type of game I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I really want to hope for. Where's the U.S. Open this year? Um, Los Angeles Country Club. Oh, funny enough, fun fact about that one. That is where Max Homo won his first ever tournament. So, keep that in the back of your head. Also, the U.S. Open gives less money for the winner than the um, this term of this weekend and with the, um, uh, the uh, Phoenix Open, which is kind of crazy. You yeah. can win more money from winning the Phoenix Open this year than winning the Masters, the PGA Championship, the U.S. Open, and the Open. That's crazy. The Open, oh my goodness. You know how much you make for winning the Open? That's a crazy number. You want to hear it? How much? You make $8.1 million of the purse for everyone. Everyone. Then again, you can go play at the um, uh, Memorial Tournament in Dublin and make twenty million. You could play in the uh, the Hilton Head Tournament after the Masters, twenty million. That's the one that Jordan won last year. So you're right with that, mm-hmm. twenty million. You can make more money, almost more than two times the money winning the RBC Heritage at Hilton Head, the weekend after the Masters, if then the um, in the Open. Golf's crazy. I'm glad. I've gotten a lot more into like watching golf since I came to college, I feel like.
0: Yeah, I've always loved it. Um, I, I played in high school, so it's been one of my favorite sports for a long time. But I'm glad to see it's like growing in popularity, and the new Netflix series is coming out. I cannot wait to watch.
1: I know. I can't wait either. That is going to do it for our Premier League and our golf talk when we come back. It's our Super Bowl preview. The first segment, we're going to run through the both teams, their records this year, how they got there, and then second, it's all about the game. So do not go anywhere. This is the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM.
0: Welcome back into the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm Daniel Locke. Alongside me is Griggs Blankenberg. And Sunday is the Super Bowl.
1: The Super Bowl. The final time I get to say this here, NFL is king and the biggest sporting event in all of America this week and most likely all of this year is happening on Sunday. Time for that one, 5.30 p.m. on Fox. We'll get into the rest of the game talk later, but let's start off with going through the season. That was the Kansas City Chiefs starting off in the regular season. They took the first win of the year over the Cardinals, 44-21. Then they beat the Chargers, 27-24, then lost to the Colts, on the road 2017, beat the Buccaneers 41 31 on the road, beat the Raiders at home by one, 30 29, lost to the Bills at home 24 to 20 in a very great game. Uh, at the 49ers, they beat them 44
0: 23. I'll take the rest of the way to give your voice a rest since that's a lot of reading. Thank you. Um, Where are the Titans. Sunday, November 6th, they beat the Titans 20 17 in overtime. Then, the next week, on November 13th, they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, an eventual playoff team to surprise a many, 27-17. On November 20th, they beat the Chargers on the road, 30-27. On November 27th, they knocked off the Los Angeles Rams, 26-10. On December 4th, they lost to the Bengals in Cincinnati, 27-24. They beat Denver, 34-28, on the 11th of December. Then, in one of the most, you know, surprising games, on Sunday, December eighteenth in Houston, they beat the Texans thirty to twenty four in overtime. I didn't think the Texans had that in them. Hmm. Then on Christmas Eve, they beat the Seattle Seahawks twenty four to ten. On New Year's Day, they beat the Denver Broncos twenty seven twenty four. Then on the seventh, they'll conclude the regular season. They beat the Las Vegas Raiders 31-13. Then in the playoffs, they beat the Jacksonville. I can't talk. They had a bye, beat Jacksonville 27-20. Then they beat Cincinnati 23-20 in an exciting AFC championship game. And now that leads them to the Eagles.
1: And we breathe. (laughs) Yes. So the main story, I think, with the Chiefs coming into this, we'll talk for them for a couple minutes, then we'll go to the Eagles, is the health of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. His, uh, I believe it is a high ankle sprain. I forgot which ankle it is. I believe it may be his right one. I cannot remember. So that is a big story going into this game. Can he be? He's the quarterback. Can make it happen with his legs if need be. He can has to move around to the pocket and be successful. This is a team that's been there before. This is by far the more experienced of the two teams coming into this one. Yeah, I agree. This is the team that's been there before. Uh, the core has been their This is their third Super Bowl They beat the 49ers in 2020 They lost to the Buccaneers in 2021 Lost in the AC Championship game last year And they're back this year in Phoenix Against the Eagles And I really think it does come down To that Patrick Mahomes ankle How bad is it He says it's not a problem anymore I don't know how to say that Especially with other stuff we'll talk about in a little bit But again this is a team that's been there before It's experienced Andy Reid is by far the more experienced head coach He's won one before. He knows both teams because he coached both teams.
0: Right. And
1: and they have the power to do it. It's just a matter of, I think, the main fact. We'll get to that more in the next game. Anything you want to say on the Chiefs before we go to the
0: Eagles? Um, I just, like you said, I think it's going to largely depend on the ankle of Patrick Mahomes. Um, Kadarius Toney's also shaken up. Mm-hmm. So there are just a few other players on like that are just kind of having some health issues there. Now for the Eagles, I can read the first half of the schedule if you want, and I'll let so you take last over. Last thing I'll say on the Chiefs, oh, though, yeah,
1: for sure. end of that season kind of thing, you kind of scraped into the playoffs a little bit. You beat the Texans in overtime, then beat the Broncos by three at home. That's never a good sign. So I think they figured it out in the playoffs, but,
0: yeah, you don't want to get into a close battle. We'll talk about that more later. Yep. So I'll let you take over after week nine. Mm-hmm. So week one, they opened up in Detroit with a 38-35 to win on the 19th on monday night football they beat minnesota 24-7 which was a pretty impressive win on the 25th on the road in washington they won or Landover, maryland actually they won 24-28 they beat jacksonville 29-21 they beat arizona on the road 20-17 they beat dallas at home 26-17 they beat pittsburgh 35-13 they beat houston 29-17 they lost to the Commanders, thirty-two to twenty-one. Then they bounced We're back. Last week nine, if you. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. my fault.
1: <laughs> yeah, they lost to the Commanders. That was their first loss of the year. They also lost to, um, you said, uh, Washington. It was twenty-four-eight at the start of the year. Um, so we go to Indianapolis. They beat the Colts by one. Nick Sirianni acted like he won the Super Bowl after that game. If you remember. <laughs> yeah. That was that. Then on the November twenty-seventh, they beat the Green Bay Packers forty to thirty-three. Then they moved to a home against the Titans on the fourth of December, thirty-five to ten, at home versus the Giants on December the eleventh, forty-eight to twenty-two in favor of the Eagles. Only beat the Bears by five on the road on December eighteenth in Soldier Field. On New Year's Eve, they lost to the Dallas Cowboys forty to thirty-four, and on January first, so New Year's Day, they lost to the Saints twenty to ten. And January 8th, they rounded off the regular season by beating the New York Giants 22-16. And then in the postseason, right back there, they played the Giants again, beat them 38-7. And then in the NFC Championship game, they beat the San Francisco 49ers 31-7. And that has led us to the Super Bowl.
0: Which tickets are as low as $3,144. Wow.
1: So for the Eagles, their story this year has been their defense. Oh yeah. Their defense has been incredible. It has been the best one of the best defenses in all of football. They were able to shut down anyone who kind of came in their path, but they're about to face the toughest test they've I think would have to date. I'm looking at their schedule. Yes, that would be the toughest. The Chiefs are by far the best team they've played this season.
0: Yeah, um, their schedule wasn't very brutal. Um but still there's some talented teams that they played. But yeah, like you said, this is the toughest team that they've had to play.
1: I would have said San Francisco, but then again, Brock Purdy got hurt in like the third play of the game. And then you had Josh Johnson come in, and then Christian McCaffrey threw a pass, and then Brock Purdy just handed it off. So you've not really been tested per se in the postseason yet. And this is going to be your test for it.
0: I'm looking at this. I just. According to ESPN, the Eagles only had one interception this year. That just feels. That
1: just feels not right. I feel like. Yeah, I could. They've had some weird stats, I think it could be, but they've only had one ge- this is an interesting fact. If they can't if he can't uh run the ball, uh, him being um Jalen Hurts, we'll talk about that in a second. They've really only had one running back this year get over a hundred yards in a game.
0: Oh, I figured out what I did wrong. I was looking at the uh, postseason stats. Yeah. The um
1: the only they've only had three games with a rusher over a hundred yards.
0: Yeah. But the Eagles had 17 interceptions this year, if you're okay. curious.
1: Two of them were by Miles Sanders, 134 yards and 144, 134, then 144. Hurts had one game where he had uh, 157 rushing yards versus the Packers. He had more rushing than throwing yards. And then uh, Gainwell had 112 versus the Giants. So, again, the story of this one's the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. The health of Jalen Hurts' right shoulder. Yeah. He says it's not 100%, and by goodness, I believe him 100% because – his past couple of games, not the Giants, well, not counting the regular season Giants, one. the pay, the postseason games, 154 passing yards versus the Giants, 121 versus the San Francisco 49ers. Again, they didn't win that game for against the Niners because of their offense. Their defense just were able to just have Brock Purdy. They were able to stop the run and punt and get the ball to 50. Mm-hmm. So I trust Patrick Mahomes' ankles health more than I trust Jalen Hurts' shoulder health. I agree. Because with Jalen Hurts, you're going to be facing Patrick Mahomes. You're not going to be able to get off just by throwing 36 yards to Devontae Smith. That will not work. Just by you will not be able to get off just by that in that game at all with a 36 yards receiver, leading receiver. That's not going to work in this game. Mm-mm. It will not at all. You can't be. You're not going to be able to get off the hook either if you have a rushing attempt of 48 yards as your leading rusher. Yeah, can't happen. You, you need to be able to score because the main the main contest that's going to come down is we'll talk about this more in the next segment, too. Is it's going to be the Eagles offense versus the Chiefs defense. Yeah. But then it's going to be cool to watch the best defense and the best offense play. But then this is, this is where the game's going to be won.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What can Hurts do to shut down this Eagles team, this um, Chiefs team that beat the Bengals, who were able to get to the quarterback and were able to make big plays in the end? especially if Hurts can't throw too far cuz then they're not you're not going to have to push your safeties back. You're going to be guarding a 15-yard limit. You're going to give them kind of an area around the first down to so try to make him throw a slant route. You just got to be I think you got to be able to test Hurts. Make him beat you with his arm. Yeah, I agree. But this is shaping up to be a great Super Bowl on paper i think just because but injuries also again with the eagles lane johnson's the big one i think he's the left tackle for the eagles he's been instrumental all season he played against the 49ers i'd be he played a little bit versus the giants i think but his health is very important to the success of this eagles team probably next only to jalen hurts Mm -hmm. and it's kind of what we said yes the eagles haven't played that good of a team this year they've not played that good of a schedule but it's kind of what you say. You play who you play. You can't knock who you play in the NFL. That is at least you can maybe say that about college. But in the NFL, I mean, it's a set schedule. You play two teams, three. Uh, you play three teams two times a year. And you play one division all the way through in the NFC, and then one division all the way through the AFC, and then we'll sprinkle in a few games here and there. Yeah. But again, this is their toughest test. Are the Eagles gonna be able to do it? I, I don't know. know. I guess we'll have to wait until the next segment, so don't go anywhere. When we come back, we are doing a full game preview, what to be expected from this, what kind of lines we're looking at right now, what to look for. We're going to get you prepared, so do not go anywhere. This is the Eagle's
0: Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back into the Eagle's Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm Daniel Locke. Alongside me today, and as always, this Griggs Blankenburg. Blankenberg, Sunday. Is the biggest stage in football, and we're going to talk about it right now. We
1: are. It is the Chiefs versus the Philadelphia Eagles on Fox on February the 12th, this Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Central Time. It will be in Phoenix, Arizona at the um, State Farm Stadium. Yes. Actually, it's Glendale, Arizona. I apologize. 65 degrees, but it doesn't matter. It's a dome. Currently, the line is set at the Philadelphia Eagles minus one and a half. The Eagles are a one and a half point favorite with the over-under right now sitting at an even 51 for this over-under. Again, we've already talked about some of the stuff. The big takeaway for this game is going to be the injuries of both quarterbacks who will be able to prevail from their ailments. We're going to talk about that some more now. Just, We both said we trust Patrick Mahomes more than Jalen Hurts with this, these injuries, correct? Yeah. I think it's also a matter of just like, if the Eagles' defense, can they pressure that line and make Mahomes use that ankle? Because I think that's going to be easier for them to do than the Eagles to force Hurts to pass. Because if they press the pocket, Hurts can run. If Mahomes gets pressed like that, like the Eagles, like if Son Reddick does what he does to the 49ers, they're they're sitting pretty with this one. Just They have to be able to get to Patrick Mahomes to just make him use that ankle as much as possible. Like Kind of mm-hmm. like what I said with Hurts. Yeah. But... Knowing this game so Eagle's second Super Bowl I think since when you said was it 2018 uh,
0: 2017 2018 season. 27
1: so the 2018 Super Bowl and yep. then the chiefs this is their fourth uh, third one in four years so the experience factor is obviously on the chiefs mm-hmm. but the Eagles have been the most dominant per se team in football this year true but they also did have that end of the year skid kind of but unlike the chiefs where the chiefs were able to win them losing to Dallas and then losing to the Saints. Not what you really want to see from the one seed in the NFC going into it. As Daniel shows his Saints shirt.
0: Yeah. I remember watching both those games. And I was actually rooting for them pretty hard on the Christmas Eve game. Because um, obviously it ended up not mattering. But that made it better for the Saints somehow. can't remember exactly. Because
1: um, the Panthers beat the Buccaneers in that game. That's right. The division. But... So the Eagles have averaged 28.1 points per game this year. Uh, the Chiefs have been 29.2. Uh, the Chiefs uh, have allowed 20 points a game, where the Eagles have only allowed 7. But they, they both give up around the same amount of yards that the Chiefs only giving up about 20 more yards. or They both averaged about 20 yards. Chiefs average 20 yards more than them, but yards allowed, the Eagles are holding their opponents to 215 yards of total offense, also as well under 100 yards total rushing for the entire team. So, so it's what we're saying. Yeah, that's it's elite brutal. versus elite. It is, and in, in the past, history has usually shown favor to the team with the better defense. Mm-hmm. I think I'm looked thinking of examples. Unfortunately, like Super Bowl 50, that's the sample that comes to my mind. With the Broncos, the number one defense, Panthers, the number one offense. Um, last year, Rams had one of the best defense football. Aaron Donald, probably the best player, uh, defensive player in football. Um, other passing areas. I mean, I don't think the Eagles' defense was good in 2017. It wasn't like what it is right now. Um, last year, I mean, yeah, what we said—the Rams and then the Bucks' defense. The year they won was pretty good against the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. That was kind of a boring Super Bowl in the scheme of things, a little bit. Yeah, but I think this is going to be a good game, man. I'm, I'm hoping it is at least because these are two teams. They're both the number one seed. They both have their, uh, able to score on offense, some more than other, and then defense is able to, shut it down. Where I really want like another one we had like last year, like back and forth type of thing.
0: Mm -hmm. I agree. It's always more fun when it's back and forth. Um so hopefully the both teams come to play. Hopefully both teams are, you know, somewhat healthy. Hopefully Mahomes shoulder and hurt or Mahomes ankle and hurt shoulder both are intact because I I just really want both teams to be at full strength. Um I feel like that's how you get the best game. But just looking at Patrick Mahomes' passing stats. I apologize if you mentioned this. I just want to highlight them again. 5,250 yards to Hurts, 3,701. Patrick Mahomes almost has doubled the touchdowns that Hurts has. And he has doubled the interceptions, too. I mean, that's because he's thrown the ball 131 more times. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, excuse me. Uh, like, almost 200 times more. And I don't know. I'm just... I'm really interested to see, which I really think it's going to come down to Chiefs' offense versus Eagles' defense, yeah. But if the Eagles' defense can find a way to shut down Patrick Mahomes, because the Eagles' defense is a lot better than that of the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. So if Jalen doesn't really have to worry about like a shootout, which I really don't think he will, I feel like that really goes in the Eagles' favor.
1: Oh, without question, I think. If this game's not a— if this game's a shootout, I'm favoring the Chiefs. Yeah. If it's a rock fight, I'm favoring the Eagles. Just because of that defense it's just so 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 good.
0: Yeah, so is it I kind of feel like this game might be a race to twenty. I mean, Vegas
1: is kind of thinking the same way with you with an over under of fifty one. That's a pretty uh, that's a pretty lower ish over under. But again, it's kinda of what we're saying. It's just it's in a dome it's a very good defensive team versus one of the more prolific offenses in NFL history in the past couple of years and stuff again i think well i keep saying it again over again i'm just trying to reiterate this point it really is going to come down to the health of both quarterbacks like yeah. will the eagles force will the eagles defense be good enough i think they will be, be able to force mahomes to run and get out of the pocket and will the chiefs do enough where if they pressure hurts they make him throw quickly or make him throw far not let him scramble i think you got to find that right balance there with like a spy or something right there. Mm-hmm. I think that middle linebacker for the Chiefs, that's going to be have to be a good game with that. So especially if you're trying to pressure him still and he's getting out of the pocket, you got to be able to move
0: quickly and react. Yeah. So want to talk some prop bets? Let's hear it. All right, let me pull some up. I
1: know the coin toss. So what are you thinking for the coin toss? Chiefs. No, I'm thinking like, no, I'm thinking heads or tails.
0: Oh, oh my God. Tails.
1: Yeah, I'm going tails as well. Ooh, this is an interesting one. The over-under for the national anthem. Huh. I'm looking at the line right now. Okay, so who is singing the national anthem? It is Chris Stapleton. Okay. The country singer. It's going to hit way over. I think it's going to go over. I'm trying to figure out what the time is currently for it right now. Uh, Chris Stapleton. Ooh, this is an interesting one. It's over-under a minute and 59 seconds. That is a pretty, pretty long one. However, in the past, the last country singer to do it, Jasmine Sullivan and Eric Church, I was also set it over under a minute and a half. They went two sixteen.
0: Yeah, it's very easy, and like with a uh, country singer, especially one like Chris Stapleton, mm-hmm. who just his songs are slower. Mm-hmm. Like Tennessee Whiskey comes to mind. Yes, just he takes his time. So the national anthem can be, even though it's just one verse, it can go for a while. So I'm hammering over on Chris Stapleton at a minute fifty nine. Yeah, I'm
1: going over. It went over as well last year with Mickey Guyton going over uh one minute thirty five seconds to one fifty five. I do think it's gonna go over. I think that one will definitely be an over. I'm trying to think of what else there is. Um there's an odds if you'll miss any of like the um uh the words in the national anthem.
0: <laughs> I don't think so.
1: I don't think you will. No, it was like minus nine hundred for no. So Gatorade color Super Bowl. This is the next odd. Um, okay, so over the last 22 Super Bowls, orange has been the top color, 22.7%, but since 2015, blue Gatorade has been the top. This is the current odds to win this year. Right now, it is sitting at the color with the best odds is orange at plus 250.
0: Hmm. I know the Chiefs had blue Gatorade in 2020. 19. 2019. 2019-2020 yeah. season. Um, so you've got to wonder if they've changed it up on the sideline, or if that's still what they're drinking.
1: But then again, I feel like the color that's dumped on them is usually the team of like the color of the team who wins it. I feel yeah. like they're forced to kind of like like that color for that reason.
0: Do you think red makes an appearance?
1: I don't think so. I think red. I've never. I can't remember the last time I saw a red Gatorade bath.
0: the The last red Gatorade bath. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Maybe yellow. I think that could be one. That's that the second be best one.
1: odds at plus three fifty. And then blues plus six hundred along with clear and water plus six hundred, red and pink plus six fifty, purple plus nine hundred, and then no gator bath plus one seventy plus one plus uh, seventeen hundred.
0: Yeah, I'm not taking no gatorade bath.
1: I'm trying to look at the um, the other crazy sports um, prop bets. Um, this one could be good. Um, the coin toss minus one hundred five for each because that's really up the chance. So there you go. Um Gatorade Char we already talked about that one. Uh post game MVP speech. Uh who will be mentioned first during the Super Bowl MVP speech? Uh currently the leader is team slash teammates at minus one twenty, city fans plus three twenty five, God or religion plus three seventy, family plus six ninety, coaches plus twelve hundred, and team owner plus twenty five hundred.
0: I know if it's hurts, it'll be God. Yeah. I think Mahomes
1: well, as well because he did the same thing as well. True. So we're towards that. So if it's a quarterback kind of battle, I think that's what it is. Also, family plus 690 seems like good value. Yeah. I feel like that could be great value. At that yeah. Line. I can't remember someone thanking the city and the fans first.
0: No, it's always around the middle. Um, oh, here's that's why I'm
1: surprised it's kind of lower.
0: Yeah. Or oh, kind of higher up. First celebrity to be shown during broadcast. Joe Biden minus 500. Bradley Cooper minus five hundred. Any Kardashian sister minus five hundred. What is that from? Um sportingnews.com Do we even know if any of these people are going to the game? No. I can't remember the lot Hey, Mike Trout, Larry Fitzgerald. Oh,
1: I'm I'm going Mike Trout. It's gonna be at least first five minutes of the the broadcast. Oh, here we
0: go. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, no. Matt Damon. No. Wayne Gretzky? No. I'm no Wayne wait, I, Rock Johnson. I'm
1: thinking Mike uh, I'm thinking Mike Trout, honestly. And then um Bradley Cooper, you said, is on there
0: as well? Yeah.
1: Okay. It's going to be Bradley Cooper, or, uh, Mike Trout, I, I one feel of like the first if Biden's
0: there, it'll, I don't know. Biden's not overly popular like other presidents. So. I
1: just don't remember seeing him at any sporting events. It's, now I know why, because uh, Dr. Joe Biden is um, an Eagles fan. Yeah, so yes, we're yes, at the Eagles She's fan. an Eagles fan, but he has not gone to any of them. It's just been her. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe he's like, okay, hun, we we'll go to the game. Is <laughs> that type of thing. But I, I think we'll find out pretty early if he's going along with like security and stuff. Cause my uncle used to go to uh, went to Arkansas and whenever Jimmy Carter would come, they'd have to go super early to get into the game.
0: Yeah, um, my friends who went to the Alabama LSU game in 2019, they'd get there super early mm-hmm. because of uh, all the stuff with Trump. Ooh.
1: This is a good one. Which chip commercial will air first? Will it be Doritos or Pringles? Doritos is minus one thirty.
0: I mean, if we're talking commercials, we all know which one's gonna play first. I think it's Doritos. It's gonna be the BK commercial first, but I know I we're talking about it. chips. Uh, probably Doritos. I don't know the last time I've seen a Pringles commercial. Ooh, this
1: is an interesting one. Which snack company commercial will air first? Will it be M and M's or Doritos? M and M's. That's gonna be interesting since they just got rid of all the candy and stuff. But who knows? Ooh, which? Ooh, this is a good one. Which alcohol brand commercial will air first? Budweiser or Heineken? They're both minus one hundred and fifteen. Budweiser. It's I think Super so. Bowl. With the yeah, with the Clydesdales. Yeah, 100%. But then I think a James Bond Heineken commercial would go, I think that'd be a good one too. It would be. Um, More head to head, first air commercial props. Um, Ooh, Popcorners versus Pringles. So I've already seen the Popcorners ad. I think that's going to be pretty early because it is a very good, well thought of commercial with three of the cast members of Breaking Bad in it. So I think that could be a big one. Trying to think of what else crazy stuff we've not mentioned yet. All the ones just have the same ones. It's just like Gatorade bath. <laughs> it's like the only one. Um, oh, will it be a scoregami? If you do uh, not, if, if you do not that. know what a scoregami is, that is when there is, it is a score that has never happened once before in NFL history. It, I think I can't remember if there's ever been a scoregami in a Super Bowl.
0: I'm sure at, like, some point way back in the day when Probably. there just wasn't that many scores.
1: There was blowouts and stuff, too, or at least in the last, like, 10 years. I feel like it's hard to do. Yeah. Um, the game ending in a score me, a score that's never been recorded before in an NFL game would deliver a big profit for some betters, with uh, DraftKings offering plus 2,000 odds for some, and the odds are minus 10,000 against. So that'd be kind of cool if that happened. No, we're It'd be kind of what we're talking about, like, rock fight type of thing, I think, crazy. Like, someone gets, like, a safety or that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Actually, I think the Broncos versus the um Seahawks, that had to have been a score that got me, I feel
0: like. Probably. Yeah. 43 to 8.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But that is gonna do it for our talk on this. But when we come back, it's the last segment on the show. I know we're sad. But it is the who you got. We have some sh- big shakeups in the world of who you got too, so do not go anywhere. Last segment of the show is coming up. You're listening to the Eagles Nest on Weagle ninety one point one FM. <laughs> and Welcome back into the Eagles' nest, everybody. You're hanging out once again with Daniel Locke and Griggs Blankenberg. We've had a busy, packed show today. A lot of talk about the NBA, a lot of talk about the Super Bowl. But it is now finally time for the last segment of the show. It is, as always, Who You Got. So last week was a pretty crazy week in Who You Got. I, myself, went 7-3. and three. Daniel went 2-8. and eight. So we are now tied for the standings in Who You Got, both sitting at 22-18. This is going to be an important week for the standings, so let's just go ahead and kick it right off. Starting off at the top, we got some big east action in Nebraska. Yes, right. I'm talking about UConn at Creighton. The ranked v ranked matchup is happening in Omaha this Saturday. Daniel, what you got?
0: You know what? Give me UConn. They've been playing really good. I don't expect to stop. So, yeah, UConn.
1: I'm going to go UConn as well. I do think it'll be pretty close, though. Creighton has been on one of those teams that was supposed to be pretty good at the start of the year. They fell off a little bit. Now they're kind of building their way back up. But the way UConn's kind of responded after that stretch they had about two, three weeks ago is they're playing really good basketball now. So I'm going to go with the Huskies. Moving on now to the ACC. It is Duke versus Virginia in Charlottesville. This is happening on Saturday. Really big matchup in terms of the ACC scheduling at the end of the year. Daniel, you got.
0: I definitely think uh, Virginia is a lot more skilled, plus, they're at home. So that's just a really bad combination if you're um, Duke-Blue Devils. So I'm going to go with Virginia.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with Virginia this year too. I mean, Duke's not really shown me anything really on the road yet, I would say. I can't think of like a road thing that can point to be like, okay, Duke's impressed me there. So I'm going with UVA as well. Going on up to Champaign, Illinois for some Big Ten hoops. It is Rutgers at Illinois. Rutgers is in the top 25 right now. Illinois is just sitting on the outside. Been up and down this season, trying to figure out a way. This would be a big one in front of the Orange Crush, Mr. Locke, Who you got?
0: Huh? I'm gonna have to go with Rutgers. They've been playing okay recently, and I don't know. I just I have a feeling that Rutgers is gonna win because of the Jersey Mike's money.
1: Going kind of off what you said, I'm gonna go with Illinois though. But they've been really successful this year at Jersey Mike's Arena, not so much as it has been on the road. So I'm gonna (laughs) go remind you of anyone. (laughs) I'm um, all the SEC. I will go with the Illinois Fighting Illini. Moving on now to the Big 12. It is Baylor at TCU, a ranked v ranked matchup. This one could have significant ramifications as we get towards the end of the college basketball regular season in the Big 12. Daniel,
0: who you got? You're gonna have to give me TCU. Uh, they're playing really, really good, and I think they're just gonna keep going. So yeah, TCU.
1: I'm going to go TCU as well. Scott Drew, I think, though, is one of the best coaches in college basketball right now for Baylor, what he's done for them. Being able to recruit to a school like that and win a an national championship with them is incredible. I think TCU's got that more firepower on this team this year, man. So I'm going to go with the Horn Frogs. Keeping it in the Big 12, it's Oklahoma State at Iowa State. Iowa State coming off a big uh, win the other day over uh, – no, yes, or losing to West Virginia the other day. Oklahoma State's right around that ranked mark. So – well, nonetheless, Daniel, you got?
0: Um, I'm going to go with Iowa State at home. Mm. The Cyclones, that's always a tough place to play. So I'm going to roll with them here today.
1: I'm going to go with Oklahoma State. I think they need this one more than the, than the Cyclones do, for, especially for that so they can not be too worried on Selection Sunday. I think they need this one. So I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Moving back to the Big Ten, we're going to Ann Arbor, Michigan for the Indiana Hoosiers at the Michigan Wolverines. Daniel, what you got?
0: Man, I'm going to have to go with the Hoosiers. They've been red hot recently. They upset Purdue this week. I don't think it's stopping. And I don't know, Michigan's been slipping. So let's Indiana.
1: I know I like Purdue more than Indiana, but that was kind of a sad court storm. Yes. But if, when you're a favorite and it's a rival like that, you don't storm the court. I agree. Yeah, especially with the the shirt I sent you. Dusty banners are better than no banners. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, that was pretty sad. Come on, Finn. Your school's got to do better. Um, I'm going to go with Indiana as well, but I will say Michigan has played a lot better than they have this year at home than on the road by a, a large margin, I believe. And I wouldn't just call this a pushover game for the Hoosiers. So I would not slack off too much at the beginning so you don't have to fight your way back at the end, especially if they get the crowd into it early. Moving on to the NBA. On Friday night, it is the Hornets at Celtics. This is just for the show. Brand. we didn't even talk about this just because there's so much NBA stuff. But nonetheless, Daniel, what you got?
0: Man, Celtics are red hot. I don't think it's stopping anytime soon. So, Celtics.
1: I'm going to go with the Celtics as well, although I do feel like this is one of the games, like, the Hornets win once a year. That will ruin their tanking chances. Be like, oh, my goodness, the Hornets beat who? I mean, I think they beat the Warriors. I think they were one of the Warriors' losses when they had – that incredible year so there's that and but yeah I'm gonna go with the Celtics but I would not all be surprised if the Hornets found a way to win with like especially if they trade Terry Rozier in the next three four hours whatever it is moving on now to the 76ers at the Nets the now depleted Nets without Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving they're still getting a lot of production though so we'll see what happens Daniel you got
0: I think the 76ers are gonna steamroll them yeah, I don't think it's going to be There's close. There's no way they're going to have any sort of chemistry. Who's that one
1: player on the Nets who's going really crazy right now though? I can't remember who it was. He was playing really good. Tyrese Maxey? I don't think that's what it is. It's um um I can't remember uh I, oh, I think it's Nick Claxton. I'm pretty sure that's He said like 40 points in like three straight games. Oh wow. Yeah, he's going crazy right now, but that's who I'm That's who I think is going to be, but i just watch out for him because, yes, agreed, most of the stuff is Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving based, but it's nice to have a player just there, especially if you're starting the rebuild talks. You want to just kind of just like have someone there to be like, okay, can rely on a little bit in those situations where you might need someone like that, even though I can't fully remember his name because everything is just Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving flooded on their ESPN page. Now we're talking about the game this week, and on the planes. a little bit different since we are doing the Super Bowl last. It is Alab- number three, Alabama at Auburn. That is at, I believe, 1 p.m. Central time on the worldwide leader of sports, ESPN. We don't have a line yet. We imagine Alabama will be a slight favorite. But nonetheless, Daniel, who you got?
0: I would love to pick the home team, the team that represents the university that both of our parents pay a good chunk of dollars to. But I just I can't bring myself to do it right now. I'm going to have to go with Alabama.
1: Kind of on the same thing. I, It pains me to do this, but I'm just thinking what my brain thinks the most logical. I'm not speaking from my brain right here. Or I'm not speaking from the heart. I'm speaking from my head. And the way Alabama is just playing basketball right now, 11-0 and in the SEC, especially with some of the road games they've played too. It's, I mean, I just can't. I mean, Auburn, I think, can win this game. You just have to get into a rock fight with them. It has to be a defensive showcase. But just the way Brandon Miller is the best freshman in the nation right now, just. I just don't see how, man. I'm going to have to go to the Crimson Tide to win this one, unfortunately. But moving on, though, the Super Bowl, the biggest game of this weekend, 5.30 p.m. on Fox this Sunday, the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Eagles. Daniel, last game of the day. Who you got?
0: Give me the Eagles. I, th- I really think they get it done. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Um,
1: I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I'll tell you why, though. Just because, again, I've said it a couple times on the show, I trust I don't trust Jalen Hurts' shoulder. I don't think it's 100% healthy. Could have changed in two weeks? Probably. He didn't have to throw too much against the 49ers. It's just I can't see a way where he's fully healthy, where I think they rushed him back a little too early. I don't think he should have played in that last, that last game versus – um whoever they play at the end of the year. Yeah, I, th- I don't think so. Think the, I think it was the Commanders. Or the, it was the Giants. Yeah, they shouldn't have played that. But that is going to do it for our show today. Thank you for listening. You missed any of today's show. You can check it out on the podcast platform of your choice. We'll see you again same time next week. But until next time, for Daniel Locke, I'm Griggs Blankenberg. This has been the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. Have a great sports weekend, everyone, and War Eagle. Thank you for tuning in to The Eagle's Nest. We enjoyed bringing you updates on everything going on in the world of sports. If you missed any of today's show, you can catch the podcast version wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at Daniel J. and at The Grigsby. Until next time, this has been The Eagle's Nest. See you next week.